You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle your pixie dust, and grab your happiest thought as we go to Neverland. This is Lost Boy Eric, and I am filling in this week for our Spider-Pan Jeremy. Unfortunately, as uh, Jeremy begins spring break... He has been overcome with some kind of a bug. Uh, He's going to be popping in and out of the show here a little bit, uh, adding different things for us. Uh, But unfortunately, we're not going to be hearing much from him this week. We certainly wish him good luck and best wishes as he recovers. Well, this week, uh, because Jeremy's not going to join us, uh, we're going to focus a little bit on the news. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of Disney. Uh, We've had a couple of trailers come out this week. So come along, join us. We're glad to have you along. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. To begin our news this week, uh, Disney has finally announced when Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland is going to be closed for its next revision and remodeling. Uh, As we've discussed in the past, uh, Disney is altering the auction scene. Now, currently, the auction scene is comprised of several women who have been bound. Uh, One woman who uh, is dressed in red, very well known as the redhead, uh, and another woman, uh, a little portly, actually quite portly, dressed in white. Now, these women are being auctioned off for bri- as brides for other pirates. Uh, there's some catcalling going on across the uh, waterway from where this auction is taking place. Well, um, we now know that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on April 23rd is going to be closed for a uh, change to this scene. Uh, It's still going to feature the same saucy redhead, but now she will be a female pirate overseeing an auction of local loot instead of the former scene in which she was the loop. Now, a Disney spokesman confirmed on Tuesday that the changeover takes place on the 23rd, but they wouldn't say what other repairs or revamps might take place at the same time. Now, of course, Disney rides go dark regularly for scheduled maintenance, generally in the off-season. There are some reports that are listing June 7th as the reopening date, but no official date has been given. 
Now, uh, there are some people who are saying that this is a timely change, uh, and uh, it was announced ahead of the whole Me Too movement. Uh, other people certainly have not been happy. Uh, when this topic came up last year at the D23 convention, Disney fans started booing. Of course, we've uh, talked about this on the show in the past. Um, what we've seen happen in Paris uh, seems tasteful and uh, seems, you know, to stay within the spirit of the ride. But, uh, you know, here we've got a ride where, uh, you know, it's all about pirates. They're uh, fighting, they're stealing, they're plundering. They stayed in the song. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot. This is about pirates being pirates. Maybe being silly, maybe being over the top. Some people are looking forward to this change. Others certainly are not happy with it. Uh, but it is going forward and it is happening. So uh, in the meantime, all we can do is uh, wait and see how things are going to be looking coming forward in the future. Now, I will admit that this story is very different from the usual content I have here on my show. But uh, it is very interesting and I thought it was worth talking about. Uh, this, of course, this new story is a few days old. But uh, I think, yeah, we need to dive in here. So, we had a Disney employee. He was a monorail mechanic named Michael Shaver, who went missing back in October of 2015, according to the Orlando Sentinel. So he's been missing and was reported missing in February by a close friend that said that he or none of Shaver's family have actually heard from him since October 2015, but they thought everything might be okay because his Facebook page was updated regularly. Now, deputies went over to Shaver's home and met with his wife, Lori Shaver. And, you know, they do have two children together. They were childhood sweethearts. They'd been married for a long time, known each other a long time. There has been a little bit of marital problems. There are reports that Michael Shaver had shoved her into a wall during an argument over some sort of reservation. He's ended up on probation for that. But uh, Lori Shaver told the deputies that came to the house that she had not seen or heard from her husband since 2015. She actually has been dating another person and uh, is planning to marry somebody named Tramus Filmer. She's been dating him since early 2016. This, of course, is according to sheriff's reports. So they searched the property. She allowed them to search the home. And the, the deputies noticed that there was some newer concrete around a fire pit. And so they asked Shaver if they could bring a cadaver dog to search the area. Suddenly, she stops working with them. She didn't want to cooperate, and she asked for an attorney. So the sheriff's officials got a search warrant and brought in a cadaver dog from the Brevard County Sheriff's Department, and the dog alerted to the area of interest, and they have found an arm that is now being checked to see who the arm belongs to. Now... Uh, there was a second story in the Atlanta Sentinel that the headline says more human remains found in the backyard of missing man. Uh, so I don't know if they just found the rest of his remains. No one has confirmed the identity of this or, or a cause of death even for the, these human remains. So we don't know exactly. We can't say for sure what this is. It's possible, though, that this is Michael Shaver's body. And it's possible his wife is somehow knowledgeable of what has happened to it and might be part of the cause, especially considering, you know, whatever marital problems they might have had. And the fact that she started dating 
in 2016, and apparently early 2016, not long after Michael Shaver disappeared, and is now intending to marry this other person, as if she knows there's no way Michael's coming back, or she knows what's going on, although there apparently is nothing about a divorce being filed that I have seen in any of these articles. And somebody's been updating the Facebook page if those are clearly the remains of Michael Shaver, which, like I said, has not yet been identified. But if that turns out to be his remains and his Facebook page is being updated, it means she's working really hard, or someone at least is working really hard at covering up. But it's sounding to me a lot like she may have had something to do with this. But that is just speculation. We don't have any evidence of that. Uh, this is a very interesting story, very, very mysterious. And I'm sure we're going to hear more about this, being Disney fans, because this is a, a Disney employee. Uh, so that's why that's the only reason why I'd even bring this up. And it is, it is very, very interesting and very sad and very tragic that uh, this life went this direction. Now, another bit of news coming from Disney Parks is coming across the country in Florida. Uh, beginning on March 23rd, only guests who are staying overnight at property resorts, and we're talking the resorts like uh, the Contemporary, the Grand Floridian, um, the and all of the other resorts uh, on Walt Disney World property. You can currently park and stay there as a guest at no charge, but if you're going to be spending the night, you are going to be charged an overnight parking fee. Now, prices vary according to the hotel category. Those staying at value resorts like the All-Stars are going to be paying $13 a night. Those who are staying at moderate resorts, such as the Port Orleans, will be paying $19 a night. And those staying at deluxe resorts, such as the Grand Floridian, are going to be paying $24 a night. Now, spokesman for Disney said that they are joining the many other hotels that already charge guests for overnight parking. Now, uh, certain guests are exempt from paying for parking, and these are guests who are Disney Vacation Club members, guests with disabilities, guests attending conventions or are part of a group, as well as guests of the Fort Wilderness campsites. So uh, now if you're going to be uh, staying at one of the resorts and you're bringing a car along, just be prepared. You're, there's going to be a, a fee for every night that you're parked at that resort. Here's something exciting for all of you Disneyland visitors, or if you live near Disneyland or whatever, if you're planning to visit Disneyland, Together Forever, a Pixar nighttime spectacular is going to light up the Disneyland Park throughout Pixar Fest beginning April 13th. Okay, so I've probably already talked about this, and it's, an all, it's a nighttime spectacular supposed to be celebrating friendship through dazzling pyrotechnics and memorable music. Well, there was a first look released on the Disney Parks blog, and by first look, I mean a photo. And a little bit of description. So this is going to have some of the stories of Together Forever told through projections on the Sleeping Beauty castle. And the image here, we can see the up house with all those balloons. And you can kind of see some of the cables lifting it up. But this appears to actually being lift up, lifted up behind the castle. So you're actually going to see the house with the balloons lifted on high, fly above the castle. Uh, some other photos I've seen about this, they had, of course, Miguel from Coco on front. Buzz Lightyear will be making an appearance. Uh, this, of course, like I said, starts in Disneyland April 13th, part of the Pixar Fest. This is sort of the beginning for the Pixar Pier that's coming up very soon. Uh, of course, it's taking that's going to be over in Disney's California Adventure. And then, of course, we have the Toy Story Park opening in Walt Disney World, specifically around the Walt Disney Studios. 
So this is like the movie studio. I guess they call it the Hollywood Studios. Pardon me for calling it Walt Disney Studios. That's where they make movies. But the Hollywood Studios Park is where the Toy Story Land is going, and it's ready to open. In fact, I actually have found out that Wheezy has now arrived at Toy Story Land in Disney's Hollywood Studio. Uh, There's a really fun little photograph. You have some Disney construction workers standing in front of what looks like a songbook of You Got a Friend in Me. And Wheezy's standing there on this little podium with his Mr. Microphone there singing along. So it's a very, very cute little, basically a statue. I guess it's more of decoration. You're not actually, I don't think he's going to be doing anything besides standing there. But it's really cool. If you liked Wheezy and his appearance in Toy Story 2, it's very, very cool to see. And I am excited to go and get a chance to check it out whenever it is that I'm going to get a chance to go and check that out. Sadly, the time has come for all of us Toys R Us kids to grow up. Or at least the people in charge of Toys R Us. Uh, It was announced this week as uh, it's in bankruptcy court. Toys R Us is closing all of their stores. Now, I don't have very many memories of Toys R Us as a kid. Most of my memories are actually from college and onward when uh, I was actually physically close to any Toys R Us's. But I know that this is a very big and important part of a lot of people's childhoods. And it is sad to uh, see this industry uh, giant have to close their doors. Now, uh, we're waiting for some uh, information as to uh, when we can expect the stores to close. Uh, we do know that the company has said that a firm timeline has yet to be determined. There is a bankruptcy hearing coming up this Tuesday where the company can get approval to start steep discounts and hang store closing sale signs at most locations. Now, uh, Prior to this week, uh, Toys R Us had announced that about 180 of their stores nationwide would be closed. Toys R Us in Canada and in other countries are still going to be open. uh, And they are actively looking for people uh, or for other companies to come in and purchase Toys R Us. So, you know, while these stores may be closing, uh, there is still an opportunity that maybe another company will come in and and take over these stores. Toys R Us... uh, does not have any specifics as to when their stores are going to close, but liquidation dates may vary across stores. Uh, Bankruptcy attorneys say that most locations will likely shut their doors within the next two months, and Toys R Us will be paying their employees through the next 60 days. They are holding back on liquidating about 200 of its best-performing U.S. stores in the hopes that they can find that buyer. Uh, There are currently 735 Toys R Us and Babies R Us stores nationwide. Now, uh, any purchases made during the store closing processes are final. Now, more information is expected to be coming you know, coming up within the next few days. Uh, but anyhow, again, it looks like it's the end of an era with uh, Toys R Us closing. Patty Jenkins, writer-director of Wonder Woman, has let, well, I can't say slip, but she has let us know some casting for Wonder Woman 2. She has announced on Twitter that Kristen Wiig is going to be playing the role of Cheetah. All right, now Cheetah, if you're familiar with the DC Universe, you might be familiar with this character, but in case you're like me and you're a Marvel guy, Cheetah was created by William Moulton Marston and actually first appeared in Wonder Woman number 6 back in 1943. This is almost like her Joker. This is one of the major villains for Wonder Woman. There's actually been a number of versions of Cheetah in the comics, including Priscilla Rich, Deborah Domain, Barbara Ann Minerva, and Sebastian Balestros. And she's, of course, got the abilities of a cheetah. 
And these actually were powers given by a plant god called Urskartaga. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly at all, but uh, I don't know if they will use that. Well, you know, they did use Ares, and so they've established some Greek gods, so maybe having a plant god would be acceptable in Wonder Woman 2. Uh, we don't know much about what they're planning to do for the plot, but Patty Jenkins is very excited about what they have brought us, and she's currently co-writing a script with Dave Callahan, known for The Expendables and Godzilla. And DC Films co-chairman Jeff Johns is actually helping out with the script as well. Uh, there's some producing credits on the film that are still in flux, though, because Zack and Deborah Snyder left DC Films during the production of Justice League. Uh, I I would expect that Zack Snyder might want to come back. I mean, uh, didn't he have to step down because they had a family tragedy? Uh, I'm sure, though, he'd be wanting to come back to work. Uh, so I don't know what it is, but uh, there is a Warner Brothers deal with financier Rat Pack Entertainment, which is ending soon. There was some sort of fallout from the Brett Ratner scandal. Uh, you know, that's all that inside stuff that I don't pay attention to with the DC Cinematic Universe. I'm not that concerned with it. I'm more concerned about myself with Marvel and what's going on there. Uh, but there's been a lot of shake-up stuff over there. But, you know, at least we know Wonder Woman 2 is moving right along. They've, well, that's the thing. is They've cast Kristen Wiig into the role, but that makes me wonder how far in the script writing are they? Are they almost done with writing? Because, I don't know. It's, I guess they knew what they were looking for in Cheetah, and so... But that's just very interesting Interesting to me that they are actually still writing the script, but they do know what they wanted from a Cheetah character and already have cast it. Now, personally, I don't know if I've seen anything that Kristen Wiig has been in, but uh, I, it looks like she's mainly known for more comedic roles, so this should be interesting to play more of a villainous character. But, you know, the Wonder Woman film did have moments of levity, and so having somebody who does have com- a comedic ability might just make the character a lot more interesting. Now, some good news, however, is that this week saw the digital release of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now, I don't think it's been any secret. Both Jeremy and I absolutely loved this movie. And I know there's a lot of detractors out there, uh, but I'm hoping that with the release of uh, the digital edition, it'll give people a chance to sit down and really analyze it more in their uh, comfortable home setting, you know, and hopefully bring a few more people around to appreciating everything that this movie has. Has to offer. Now, uh, as I mentioned, it came out uh, or it was released digitally this week, Blu-ray Ultra uh, 4K Ultra HD, uh, and on-demand services uh, for The Last Jedi are going to be available beginning March 27th. Now, along with the film comes enough bonus features to fill a Cantobite jail from an in-depth documentary called The Director and the Jedi to a look at how the world of Crate was brought to life. Now, uh, some of this material uh, is really intriguing. You know, I've, I've seen a little bit from uh, the director and the Jedi, uh, and Star Wars has actually released a few clips this week, one of which was Mark Hamill seeing Yoda again and just the emotion that he felt confronting this, this well, Jedi master, but this puppet is operated by Frank Oz. A few of the other uh, features on here, um, there is a uh, feature called Creating the Crystal Foxes, The New Walker, Peace and Purpose, World of White and Red, Kylo's Choice, Carrie Fisher and Ryan Johnson, uh, Evil Intentions, subtitled Snoke and Mirrors, 
and uh, several deleted scenes, including Phasma's End. Now, uh, if uh, if you're like me and a little enterprising and you go onto YouTube, you might find a few of these deleted scenes, and they are well worth the watch. Uh, unfortunately, movies uh, can't be four hours, well, they can be four hours long, but we wouldn't be watching too many of them if they were all four hours long so it's important that cuts like this take place but it's good to know that those deleted scenes are going to be available uh it's also good to know that uh we're going to have a better insight and a look into ryan johnson's process of preparing and putting these films together okay i sort of feel obligated to cover this movie although i am personally not really excited for this the new mutants film has been delayed for a year, okay? April 13th, 2018 is when we expect this movie to come out, but it has been pushed back to February 14th, 2019. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Sounds like the end of the world from Ghostbusters 2. Uh, so, but Anya Taylor-Joy from The Witch and Thoroughbreds has confirmed in an interview with The Playlist that they're adding a new character along with reshooting the movie. Now, when you take nearly a year to do reshoots... I I have to think you might have rewritten and are reshooting the whole stinking movie. Because what we saw in that teaser trailer before was a horror movie. And even in an article I'm looking at here at SuperheroHype.com, it says that this movie is a teen horror movie. Now, I don't know if that's what the intention of the filmmakers was, but that's the impression that they gave. But if that is the intention of the filmmakers, I don't understand why they're making it a horror movie. That, I mean, I guess you want to do something different, but it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I haven't read in a whole lot of New Mutants comics, but I've never got the impression that they were in somehow or any fashion a horror type of film. But she's confirmed that there's a new character being added in, and there's some rumors that consider that this new character may be Warlock, who is a shape-shifting alien and was actually part of the core team in the comics. Now, shape-shifting alien does not mean mutant, but you know they could probably find a way to fit him in. Knowing the way Fox has handled the uh, X-Men, I don't expect them to actually do anything with any sort of an alien. They'll probably find a way to just make him a mutant. So... Yeah, and that's with the the Dark Phoenix saga, which, by the way, I have seen some photos of the costumes, and they are very much kind of old school. They're blue with the yellow X's, and they, they look kind of cool. But I don't know that they would actually take the time with the Dark Phoenix saga coming straight with that. You know, to actually tell the entire Phoenix saga story in some fashion would actually be best. But as they've established in previous X-Men films, they've just treated it as a, a further amount of power to Jean Grey. Uh, and... Well, that, that worked in the ultimate line of comics, and that was just because that saved time. They wanted to tell the story as quick as they could without taking time to develop it, uh, which to me is probably not a good idea. I mean, I, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has shown us that people are willing to accept aliens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they probably could do it if did it properly. And I I really think Fox should stop. You know, they've, they've developed all these plans for a Silver Surfer movie and all these things that they want to do, a Doctor Doom movie. I think they need to stop, take a step back, and join in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and do things in a way that actually has been proven to work. Because, I mean, even with Sony, what they're doing with a, a Venom film, I, mean, that's, I can't say that I'm honestly excited for that. And, you know, I'm a Spider-Man fan, but that might be part of the reason why I'm not interested in a Venom movie that seems to be pulling away from Spider-Man. 
But this New Mutants movie also has Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, uh, also a season of Doctor Who, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things, Blue Hunt from the originals, Henry Zaga from 13 Reasons Why and Teen Wolf, and Alice Braga from City of God and Queen of the South. Uh, so I'm familiar with at least a couple of these actors, but doing this as a, a horror movie seems to be a mistake to me. So I cannot honestly say that I'm in any fashion excited for this film. One final bit of Disney news involves D23. Now, this is the official fan club of Disney, and they hold events throughout the year. Sometimes these events, uh, you know, of course, the biggest event is the D23 convention, which uh, happens every two years and uh, up until currently has always been held in uh, Anaheim. There's been smaller events throughout the country, uh, some events that are uh, that take place in Florida. There have been events in uh, Japan. Uh, it's a worldwide thing, but uh, we have just learned that D23 is going back to where it all began, Marceline, Missouri. Now, Walt Disney once wrote that more things of importance happened to me in Marceline than have happened since or are likely to in the future. So D23 is going to have a day trip where they're hosting a magical one-of-a-kind experience that begins with a light continental-style breakfast aboard a bus to Marceline from the Elms Hotel and Spa. Now, I'm not quite sure where that is, but however, during this 100-mile trip, Disney author Jeff Curdy will be sharing stories from his brand new book, Travels with Walt Disney, a photographic voyage around the world. And Disney Archives director Becky Klein is going to be setting the stage for the arrival into town. Once in Marceline, guests will head to Ripley Park and witness a special D23 ceremony for the restoration of the children's auto ride, originally donated by Walt and Roy in the mid-1960s. Now, uh, I know we've spoken with our friend uh, Peter Whitehead, the director of the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, and I know that this has been a big priority for them, is to uh, get that Junior Autopia ride back up and running, or at least uh, you know, back into some condition where it could be used. Now, uh, the group will also have the opportunity to tour the Walt Disney Elementary School. While it's not traditionally open to the public, attendees are going to have a chance to see beautiful Disney character murals, which were designed by Disney legend Bob Moore. Now, other stops include the Walt Disney Hometown Museum and the Marceline Post Office. There's also going to be free time to explore the town's own Main Street, USA. There's going to be a casual picnic lunch provided to each attendee while they're touring Walt's boyhood town. Guests are then going to be transported to the Walt Disney Family Farmhouse for a very special evening. And for the first time ever, D23 members will visit Walt's barn and go inside his childhood home for a private tour. Now, uh, I know... uh, you know, this is something that's very special to our friend Kay Mallins. Uh, we're very excited to hear that uh, this kind of a tour is going to be going on. While we know the house has been changed uh, quite a bit since the time uh, Walt uh, and his family lived there, um, you know, still there's the, the original home that's still there. As the sun sets, guests will enjoy a delicious hometown barbecue reception at Walt's Family Farmhouse while mingling with their fellow D23 members and Disney guests. All attendees are going to be receiving a copy of Jeff Curdy's book, uh, as mentioned previously, that's Travels with Walt Disney, a photographic voyage around the world, as well as have the opportunity to have it signed during a special meet and greet. Of course, this historic return to Marceline would not be complete without a keepsake created just for the attendees, uh, such as this uh, autograph. Uh, Now, there's some more information about this on D23's uh, Facebook page. In fact, it's listed as D23's Return to Marceline. So if you are interested in it, uh, 
go ahead and look it up. Tickets go on sale March 20th at 10 a.m. at d23.com. This tour is going to be taking place on Friday, May 25th, starting at 8 a.m. and lasting until 10.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now, the first of these trailers is a, uh, well, I guess both trailers are sequels, you can say. Uh, but let's dive back into the world, or the wizarding world, of Harry Potter. I have some questions for you, Professor. This is a surprise. There's a rumor that Newt Scamander is headed to Paris. I know he's working under your orders. What do you have to say for yourself, Dumbledore? If you'd ever had the pleasure to teach him, you'd know Newt is not a great follower of orders. The time's coming, Newt. When you're gonna have to pick a side. Are you going somewhere? No, we're going somewhere. Jeez. against Grindelwald. It has to be you. The Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> I really love this trailer, and not just because it showed the uh, symbol for the Deathly Hallows at the end. Uh, we uh, learn a little bit about what's been going on within the Wizarding World since uh, the end of Fantastic Beasts. We know that Newt Scamander is tra still traveling around, but now people are very interested in what he is doing and where he is going. The trailer opens uh, on Hogwarts, where we see people apparating, hopefully just outside of Hogwarts, because as Hermione told us many times, no one can apparate within Hogwarts. We see these uh, individuals confront a professor, who we find out is Albus Dumbledore, still as a Transfigurations teacher. And he tells them that uh, if there was anybody who uh, could not follow directions, it would be Newt Scamander. However, we then see both Dumbledore and Newt on top of a building in London uh, discussing what he needs to do. 
Now, uh, we also get a look at many of the other uh, characters in the film. Of course, we've got uh, the two sisters from Fantastic Beasts are still part of uh, the story. We've got Jacob Kowalski, my daughter, as soon as she saw he was involved, she was excited uh, that he was still uh, part of the storyline. Yeah, He's got this great moment where he just lifts up. You know, Newt tells him he needs to follow him. He puts his hand, fists up and he just goes, yes! Um we also see a little bit about this circus that was teased a little bit in the first movie. Uh, looks like Credence, uh, the Obscurus from the first film, has joined this group, uh, and uh, he's spending a lot of time with uh, with an, with a with a witch. Uh, we also get a quick look at the Thestrals. Um, we know that those are great animals. Uh, I'm just excited for this movie. Um, I didn't think I would be overly excited when Fantastic Beasts came out. And it took me, I'll be honest, it took me a while to watch Fantastic Beasts. In fact, I still don't think I've sat down through a single sitting. I've watched it in bits and pieces. But it's one that I really have come to enjoy. And I really am looking forward to see what The Crimes of Grindelwald has in store. Now, as I mentioned, our second film is also a sequel, and this is one I know a lot of us have been waiting and looking forward to seeing. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way, it might be really good. Wow. The end is near. When I'm done, half of humanity still exist. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. I hope they remember you. Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. Avengers Infinity War. Yes. Now, uh, we've talked about how they moved up the date uh, to April 27th for this to be released in the United States. And uh, this trailer really just uh, amps up the excitement and uh, the interest in... Uh, 
I just want to see this right now. I cannot wait. I, in fact, I've been going back and rereading the Infinity Gauntlet to, to prepare for this. Um, you know, but we get some, uh, again, some amazing shots, some amazing views, and we also get to see Star Lord interacting with Iron Man, you know, telling him he's got his own plan. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that's only 12% of a plan. <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, this this looks great. It just uh, is amping up everything that I'm looking forward to and seeing in this movie. You've got Spider-Man, you know, swinging below the Brooklyn Bridge. We've got uh, Iron Man going after whatever that huge ring is. I'm wondering if that's you know some sort of artificial construct uh, to bring uh, Thanos and his troops to Earth. Um, but we also get a good look at everybody. We we see Black Panther. We see Shuri. Uh, we see. Uh, Captain America trying to hold back Thanos. And Thanos, I think, actually looks a little bit surprised that anyone is even able to stand up and withstand the assault that he's bringing on. But again, uh, Avengers Infinity War, it's coming. Uh, it's coming sooner than any, uh, than any of us thought that it would. And, uh, it's looking really good. And I am very excited. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of the Ewoks join the fight. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. Let's begin now. Brave rebel forces face their most dangerous threat from the evil empire. The Dark Lord, Darth Vader, was building a new and more powerful Death Star. And for protection, this evil fortress was being constructed behind an invisible deflector shield. The Death Star had to be destroyed, or the flickering flame of freedom would die. All rebel fighters met at fleet headquarters to plan their attack. Princess Leia addressed them. Once that deflector shield is down, our ships can attack the Death Star. But first, a small strike team must go to the moon of Endor, find the shield generator, and blow it up. I know it's a dangerous mission, but we need volunteers. Leia was surprised to see Han Solo stand up. Chewie and I are ready, Your Highness. I'm with you too, Leia. They all turned to see Luke Skywalker. And let's not forget R2 and 3PO. R2-D2 beeped happily at C-3PO. But the golden droid shook his head. No, I don't think exciting is the right word, R2. No sooner had the rebels landed on Indoor than they were spotted by Imperial scouts. Han drew his laser. Chewie and I will take care of this. But two scouts escaped on speeder bikes. Leia signaled to Luke. She leaped onto a spare speeder bike and roared after the fleeing scout. The scout pulled a blaster and fired back at Leia just before he collided with a tree. Her bike tumbled into the bushes. As Leia's vision cleared, a furry three-foot creature came into focus. She jumped back as he poked at her with a spear. Ouch! Hey, cut that out! 
out. I'm not going to hurt you. Don't be afraid. The tiny creature lowered his weapon. Leia patted his head. That's it. Let's be friends. Suddenly, there was a rustle behind them. The bear-like creature quickly hid himself. Leia spun around to see an Imperial scout. He yanked her roughly to her feet. Without warning, a furry hand poked out of the bushes and jabbed the scout with a crude knife. Leia quickly knocked out the scout. She smiled at her tiny rescuer. Thanks for the help. Now we'd better get out of here. Luke returned to the forest clearing after his speeder bike chase. Well, Han, that's one less Imperial to worry about. Great, kid. But where's Leia? She didn't come back? We'd better start looking for her. C-3PO followed the others off into the woods. Don't worry, Master Luke. With R2's scanner, we'll find the princess. After a short march, R2 beeped excitedly. C-3PO translated. R2 says the speeder bikes are right up. Oh, dear. Han grimly inspected the smashed bikes. I hope Leia's okay. Chewbacca sniffed the air and rushed off. Not far away, he found a tall stake with meat dangling from it. His furry hand snatched one of the tempting morsels. Luke shouted, Wait, don't! A large net sprang up and yanked the entire group into the air. Trapped in a tangle of arms and legs, Han removed a Wookiee paw from his mouth. Nice, Chewie. Always thinking of your stomach. R2-D2's cutting arm shot out and sliced through the net. Everyone toppled to the ground. They sat up to find themselves surrounded by dozens of tiny bear-like creatures holding very convincing spears. Luke blinked. What are they, 3PL? C-3PO listened to their squeaky language. They're Ewoks, Master Luke. I'll try and speak with them. When the Ewoks heard C-3PO talk to them in their own language, they dropped their spears and bowed before him. 3PO was dazed. Oh, dear. They seem to think I'm some sort of god. Then get us out of this, your greatness, growled Han. But instead, they were tied up and taken through the woods, while C-3PO was carried like a king. A surprised Leia met the captive rebels when they reached the Ewok village high in the treetops. Oh no! 3PO, tell the Ewoks to let our friends go! I'm sorry, Princess, but they don't trust humans. Luke knew only the Force could save them. 3PO, tell them to release us or you'll use your magic. The shining droid then rose into the air and spun around like a golden top. Oh, dear! Oh, 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 my! The frightened Ewok chief ordered all the prisoners to be freed at once. That night in the chief's hut, the little creature that had helped Leia chattered excitedly. C-3PO translated. His name is Wicket, and he is telling the chief about the evil Imperial Scouts. He is asking the tribe to help us. The Ewoks then shouted their agreement. They vowed to fight the Empire. Han grinned. Well, 
Short help is better than no help. Luke whispered to Leia. I must go to the Death Star and try to save Darth Vader. There is good in him. You see, he is my father. At dawn, the Ewoks led the Rebels to the shield generator bunker. Leia checked her watch. We've got to get that shield down soon. The fleet is already on its way to the Death Star. An Ewok scout looked at four Imperial guards and got an idea. He climbed on one of the guards' speeder bikes and roared away. The guards chased after him. After him! That way. Han was impressed. Hmm, not bad for a little ball of fuzz. With guns drawn, the Rebel strike team stormed through the bunker door and into the main control room. Nobody move. The captured controllers watched helplessly as the Rebels began setting their explosive charges. Leia glanced at one of the monitors. Hurry, Han! Look! The Rebel fleet is being attacked by Imperial ships! Blasted! With a shield up, the fleet is trapped! That is correct, Rebel scum. Han spun around to see the room filling with armed stormtroopers. The Rebels had to surrender. Outside, Wicket watched the bunker anxiously. When his friends were led out as prisoners, the Ewok attack call was sounded. Fearlessly, the little creatures attacked with their crude weapons. An Ewok hang glider sailed through the skies overhead. Its cargo of heavy stones rained down on the startled guards. Then, tiny arrows flew from tiny bows. The Imperial troops were not about to be defeated by a bunch of teddy bears. But before they could attack, one of the Ewoks chopped through some vine ropes and released a pile of logs. The giant tree trunks crashed down on the stormtroopers. A two-legged Imperial walker lumbered into the battle with its laser cannons blazing. Wicket gave a signal. A shower of boulders flew from primitive catapults. The walker crashed to the ground. In the confusion, Han and Chewbacca raced back into the bunker. Han set the charges. Let's go, Chewie. We only have a few seconds to get out. The two dove for cover just as the bunker went up in flames. Leia cheered. Now the rebel fleet was free to attack. The ships fired powerful missiles at the Death Star. There was a blinding explosion. The Ewoks and the strike team looked to the sky. Leia smiled. The Death Star was destroyed. That night, the Ewoks celebrated around a bonfire. But the rebels were too worried about Luke to join in. Suddenly, R2-D2 began to beep joyfully. There was Luke. I escaped, but Vader is dead. I tried to save him, but it was too late. Leia hugged him. Then the happy rebels joined the celebration. They had won their freedom at last.
right, now this week we are going to go back to the Disney parks. Uh, it's a little bit of something the same and a little bit different. Uh, my last visit, I got to uh, stop by and watch The Path of the Jedi. Now, this is a uh, clip show that the Disney parks will put together to help get people excited about all things Star Wars. Uh, they, uh, it's, uh, they've edited uh, clips from all, well, eight of the movies up to The Last Jedi. Uh, and with this showing, what they did is they've included uh, an introduction from Ryan Johnson, as well as the trailer from The Last Jedi at the very end. Uh, I know we've shared this bit before, but things do change. And, uh, you know, and even since the last time there are, they, they did edit the video a bit. So uh, there's still going to be a few changes. Anyhow, wanted to share this with you. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm the writer and director of The Last Jedi, which is the eighth installment in the Star Wars saga. The following presentation, The Path of the Jedi, tells the story of Luke Skywalker, the farm boy from the middle of nowhere who became a knight and then fought alongside his friends and ultimately triumphs over the power of the dark side. A lot of us grew up with Luke and his journey. I think the moment that stands out to me is his final confrontation with Darth Vader and the Emperor, where Luke shows us that not all battles are won with a lightsaber. In The Last Jedi, the character of Rey is going to have a powerful encounter with Luke Skywalker, who has been in exile for many years on the planet Octu. We also may learn more about why Luke has spent so much time away from his friends, and we'll discover some of the mysteries of his adopted island. Anyway, I can't wait to share Luke's secrets with you and his new adventures. But now, please sit back and enjoy Path of the Jedi, and may the Force be with you. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic before the dark times. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together. you to have this when you were old enough. What is it? It's your father's lightsaber. The weapon of a Jedi Knight. I was once a Jedi Knight. The same as your father. This is where the fun begins. We got General Kenobi, I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the SAR-2 unit. You're my only hope. I need your help, Luke. She needs your help. I want to come with you. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Solo, Captain of the Millennium Falcon. You guys got yourselves a ship. 
Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? This is our rescue. What the hell are you doing? Somebody has to save our skins. I think we're in trouble. What good will he do is if he gets himself killed? Tempted by the dark side of the force. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities, some consider to be unnatural. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Join me, and I will complete your training. You have only begun to discover your power. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the force and became Darth Vader.
take your father's place at my side. Never. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Show me my place in all this. 
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.